<clears throat> okay, we good? Although the, the music video is brilliant because it sort of zooms down in on this like underground station and then it just goes, we're going to go to another level. <laughs> <laughs> and then the music starts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like making eye contact with you while this song's on. Is it hello? Oh, sorry. Is that <laughs> the, that's the face Dan does when he's in Batchwood. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. As you can probably tell from the terrible music, something romantic is in the air. It's, it's so it's not sexy romantic. <laughs> it's definitely not romantic. It's not romantic. Anyway, I'm go- before I hand you over to Russ, whose idea this whole podcast was, he, he campaigned for months to get us to do this one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to introduce us. To my right is Dan. Oh, hello. To my left is Russ. Hello. We're in the fuck bunker and in the wank shed <laughs> up in Scotland is our good friend Duncan. Hello. Great to be here. So I'm going to hand it? you over to Russ. Who's going to tell us all about why he wanted to do this podcast more than any yeah. that he's ever had an idea for? Well, yeah. So tonight, in stupid ideas that I regret and didn't think was going to happen anyway, <laughs> we've written slash fiction. Uh, I think it's very important to go over our qualifications for this. We have absolutely none whatsoever. None. We are not writers of slash fiction. We are not consumers of slash fiction. If I'm completely honest. I don't really know what it is, <laughs> no. apart from some vague stuff about Draco Malfoy getting really nasty with Harry Potter. <laughs> so, I, w- I want to stress as well that we're in no way taking the piss out of slash fiction. We are... <laughs> <laughs> we are... We are... This will have a certain comedy value, we hope. Um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, stealing other people's intellectual property and turning it into pornography is a legitimate art form. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But if you get off on slash fiction... That's fine. You're going to have a great time tonight. Mm, is it? It depends what the slash fiction is. Some of it is really not okay. Well, no. <laughs> according to uh, a few articles, like in uh, The Independent or The Guardian, it was originally <laughs> more female orientated. So it was actually a lot of the authors are women. Mm. And yes, it is often to do with. Uh, though it doesn't necessarily is exclusively uh, homosexual relationships. It oh, mine is. is. Mine is. <laughs> mine is. Yeah. yeah, mine's quite homosexual. <laughs> yeah. Mine is definitely, and I think it is a symbol of uh, an undercurrent, obviously, crush on a certain person. So this, so what we've done again here is is take something away from women again, and, and you know, yeah. put our unique yeah. male spin on it. So absolutely, that's absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's it's wall to wall dudes. We're basically we're basically remake the Last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So we've yeah. each selected a fan fandom universe that is particularly close to us slash we thought would be quite funny, mm. and uh, we've we've dashed off as it were <laughs> a brief missive. Um, just getting all sexy in that, isn't it? Yeah. Can I, before we get started, I want to say, if you're listening at home, Don't. put on put on some loose clothing, get some like linens or some uh, some silk. Yeah, this is a candlelight only yeah. podcast. Light the candles. Get your little maybe maybe have a scented bath. Yeah, 
Maybe I, have a popper cap of Dettol in there. Lie <laughs> <laughs> back in your disinfectant bath with a yeah. flake and a magnum. Flake yeah, and, a magnum. and a magnum. Close your eyes and just let our seductive voices just take you on a journey. Tonight. And we're going to try and do it in the sort of most honey-like voices that we can bring <laughs> don't yeah, to the table. And I don't know. If I you're think, someone I have to look in the eye, please don't listen tonight. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm never making eye contact with anyone ever again. Yeah. I just, this is going to be the one where loads of people at work, because I'm like, oh, I listen to your podcast. This is the one that my parents will I've, listen to. I've, I've just been sort of fairly safe in the knowledge that we're the only people that listen to this, but yeah. I know that that's not actually true. No. Or, or this is the one that goes viral, and we get our world tour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, mate, if, if we get millions of pounds out of this, well, I will live with it, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> so, before things get too sexy, and that mm-hmm. is the bare minimum level of sexy that it's yeah. going to be. Um, do we want to have a quick catch up on what we've been up to? Or are we yeah. going to not bother? Yeah, Tom's a splitter. Let's, well, let's get that one out of the way. Quickly. Why am I a splitter? What a fucking switch. <clears throat> um, so I thought we established that James Gurnalist bought a switch and I definitely haven't bought oh, a switch. Oh, sorry, yeah. So you borrowed James Gurnalist. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. It, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I- I'll keep this one pretty brief. I've been playing more Zelda Breath of the Wild than I think <laughs> a, a, a male of my age should play. Um, it's really good, very organic. Um, TV, I've just been watching Always Sunny. We've, I've been watching a lot of that. That's Sorry, it, that's what I've been yeah, up to. Amazing. Russ, what about you? Uh, we're not long back from the Edinburgh Festival where I saw a shitload of comedy. We did so much in such a short space of time. It's crazy. We saw 13 yeah. one-hour shows in two days and one evening. That's mental. Which is pretty good. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So heartily recommend everyone that went to see, go and see, but I'm not going to read them all out because it'd take too long. Um, so you just have to guess. Send us a list and I'll put it on our Instagram. Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on the train on the way up, watched Annihilation. That yeah. is an incredible film. Cool. So you took my advice then and watched The Expanse. That's good. I'm also yes nine episodes into the second series of The Expanse. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? It's so good. It's oh. it, I love um, you, Russ. It is excellent. What's it about? Space and shit. Yeah. Oh, cool, but man. Oh, yeah, I like the sound of it. <laughs> It's a, it's, imagine, I always describe it as Firefly set in the Battlestar Galactica, Battlestar Galactica set in the Firefly universe. Okay. Imagine that. Sort okay. of. Yeah. But with it's, real world parameters and ish. It's a, it's a, it's a Cold War thing, mm. but between Earth and Mars. Yeah. Um, with some, some randos thrown in as well. Yeah. It's some, all, it's all within the solar system. Um, so for like a space thing, it's actually really small scale. Mm. It's it's all within you know, the, the the planetary system that we are currently in. There's, just, there's some really, there's some awesome little details and things in it. Mm. I like my sci-fi to be grounded in realism. Th- this definitely is yeah. like nice. They they even like they. I mean, it doesn't. What's whole, it on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. The whole mag boots thing. I've got a yeah. top account. Like, just because they've got little red lights on their shoes, that doesn't mean that like everything suddenly sticks to the floor. No. But no, like the whole, the whole, like they, they really do. They put the right amount of effort into making sure that things like acceleration and g forces mm. and gravity work to sort of build the universe, but they don't go so far into making it realistic that it's just boring mm. and nobody can actually do anything. Mm. And they spend all their time explaining physics, so that's quite nice. That sounds good. There's some it's really cool touch, like on Earth like the the sea levels have risen so like mm. the statue of liberty they've had to build a big wall around it and it's now like below sea level that's awesome little things like that it's oh, really man. good I'm really gonna, really good that people that live in the belt who are the poor people that do that basically mine the asteroid belt um, 
they can't go on to Earth without feeling really uncomfortable because they've lived in uh, low gravity their whole lives. Um, so this the first thing you see is someone being tortured on Earth and it's simply they're being hooked up um, and letting gravity do the work. So good. Um, but the Annihilation, sorry, I interrupted you. Is that good then? Because I've heard nothing but good things about it. It's excellent. It is trippy as fuck. Yeah. It's kind of 2001 meets some sort of like Cronenbergian body horror thing. Yeah. Um it's it's really <laughs> excellent. It's it's quite it's like a it's quite a mood piece. Yeah. There's not actually a huge amount of plot to it, <sighs> but there's really really good characters in it and some that like I don't know why they thought it wasn't worth getting a cinema release. It's, it was crying out for a big screen. Some of the visuals in it are incredible. Uh also played the game of Fortnite. It was shit. <laughs> That's about it. Cool. Um, just quickly then, I finished season three of The Expanse, which I watched from a totally legal source. If you want me to watch it on a legal source, put it on Netflix. Um, and season, it, Is Series it, 3 not on Netflix? No. Fuck! Yeah. So you're enjoying it though, yeah? That's the important thing. It's yeah. like natural success to Battlestar Galactica, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, it, it does tickle the same sort of hole. Yeah, yeah. It definitely, it, it, yeah. <sighs> Which is something that someone around this uh, desk will be saying later. Oh, almost certainly, yeah. Um, but I, I've yeah finished season three of The Expanse. I've been playing Overcooked Two, um, which still is still a, a great reason to get in an argument with a girlfriend. So that's always nice. Good. Um, and I have, uh, I've. You want to know what films I've watched? Go to, um, listen to this week's theatrical cut because I'm on their podcast this week. Oh <laughs> God, you whore! Mm. Talking about the Meg. Talking about. Um, the Ridley Scott films because it's Ridley Scott they did this week so I did so I've rewatched Blade Runner for the third time this year mm-hmm. which I absolutely love and Stan huh? yeah I rewatched Alien but it's Ridley Scott's second best film behind Blade Runner Blade Runner's a better film Blade Runner's a better made film than Alien as well but that's the point what's the point what do you mean that's the point I've made my point <laughs> and, and that was it um, and I've I've watched a load of a load of crappy films as well, but um, I've started watching Gotham season four, which I really really enjoy. Gotham seems to get better every season, um, and I thoroughly recommend it to any fans of the Batman universe because it's a great interpretation of Gotham. <clears throat> oh, and if you get a chance, watch Dark Knight in seventy mil IMAX. It was one mm. of those kind of like cinematic experiences. I think everyone should do if you like fan of the Dark Knight. Oh, it, I've I've seen it. Well, in IMAX, I've seen it in IMAX. Oh God, yeah, so it's absolutely amazing. So like the, it brings Gotham into it as a character almost. It comes so you start to be able to piece together where things happen because it's so it's Chicago is so in your face and it made me fall back in love with Chicago like I needed that. Mm. Um, and I really want to go back. But yeah. Tom, take from... me back to the windy city. The windy <laughs> city is mighty pretty but they... what, yeah. what else have you been up to then apart from, you know, uh, I had a chest infection, oh, okay. which was quite nice. As a smoker, yeah, don't do imagine. drugs, kids. I mean, I'm not that I do drugs, but don't smoke, kids. Um, stay in school. <clears throat> um, and I'm just getting over that. Um, don't worry, I don't think it's infectious because neither Jolie nor Vinny came down with it, which is good. Um, yeah, n- not really a, a lot, to be honest. Um, I, like I said, I'm consuming more Always Sunny than I think anyone should really do. I'm just binging it most nights. It's so bingeable. It's so good. You just watch them over and I, over. My favourite episode, I'm actually convinced now that my favourite episode is not necessarily, is not actually um, 
you know, Dennis, an erotic adventure, an erotic <laughs> life or something, whatever that episode is, where Dee and Charlie walk a mile in each other's steps, which is one of my favourite episodes. But I realised that it's actually the um, Charlie work episode where yeah, he's such a bitch, he's such a bitch. Yeah. Oh my God, that bitch, that bitch. That, and that stool, smack, every time he walks past. <laughs> it's just perfectly choreographed. It's almost like it was shot in one take. Mm. It's such a good episode. Um, and just brings home what a fantastic series it is. Um, but yeah, no, that's it really. No, that's about it. Duncan, come on, let's do you and then we'll do each read other. stories about <laughs> people doing each other. Um, well, uh, I was up on ESL and I saw a brilliant comic called Jim Smith, who is a Scottish comic. He's a farmer, but he is, he is hilarious. He was on Radio 4 once and he did a whole Fife uh, take of Star Wars and it was it's hilarious. I would try and look it up. It's uh Jim Smith Star Wars, just look it up on YouTube, it's really good. Awesome. Um but Emma had one time said she'd never really watched seen Brooklyn nine nine, so I was like <gasps> Oh wow. So I was like, Okay, well I'm so jealous of people that haven't this. seen Brooklyn Nine. We started right. watching Brooklyn nine nine from episode one. Oh, that's the dream, episode three, season one, she yeah. was in tears. Uh, so it is so funny and we're well on into season two I'm loving it it might have influenced my uh, slash fiction um, oh, I am oh, so excited God. now I'm really excited <laughs> in all Let's the wrong say, ways I also love Terry Crews I think he is uh, oh, I love. Terry loves love <laughs> anyway, Terry loves uh, yoghurts <laughs> Uh, films I haven't watched any, but Emma had never seen Captain America: The First Avenger, so she watched that whilst I was away. I mean, she's been she out of the house before, hasn't she? Like mm-hmm. that's she's been out of the house before, hasn't she? Like Brooklyn Nine Nine or Captain America. That's like uh, in my warped head. I don't know how anyone could survive not having seen those. Mm. So, yeah. but I'm anyway, all... so somehow she's she hadn't seen them, so she very much enjoyed Captain America. Oh, um, <laughs> what's the name we played? Uh, Agent Carter. Yeah, I think she's got a bit of a crush on. She's just like Agent Carter, so she's, hot. She's not uh, alone. Because I have a crush. Um, on and games. I was pl- replaying Limbo, but then of course, for our research purposes, for the various love letters that have been done and are coming up. Yeah, I bought Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. Um, because I didn't have a copy anymore. So I, because I had previously just borrowed them. So I've been playing that again. From the beginning loving it loving it loving it loving it like that and yeah <laughs> i have yet moved on to mass effect 2 and skyrim mm, cool. oh good skyrim, I skyrim is, is a very good like. game hmm. i'm also yeah, i'm halfway through vice city mainly playing well, it on the toilet so on my I phone i can't wait to play that yeah duncan yes, at the end of this pod you basically. need to give me your address that's all i'm gonna say why just give me your address i'm not gonna send you anthrax am i just fucking <laughs> it's yeah, if, if I'm going to get anthrax from anywhere, Duncan, it's going to be you, so I'm not going to send it to you. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was the Meg any good? Eh. I wanted it to be better than yeah. it was. It was quite boring. Yes, yeah, because it had Jason Statham in it. What's wrong with Jason Statham? <laughs> well, you, if Jason... No, 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 no. I'm just saying you wanted it to be good because it had Jason Statham yeah. in it. Yeah, and it just wasn't as good as it should have been. But that's okay. It's not Jason Statham Shark Punch. I wanted Duke Nukem Forever to be good because it had mm. Duke Nukem in it. Yeah. And that was a bag of wank. It was. <laughs> it was. 
Should we speaking of bag and wank? Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we get into the dirtier side of it? I I, I don't know about anyone else, but I kind of want to. I want to have um, another level playing again. Do you want? Do you want another just, level? Just just to again? just to bring us back into just this while we while we decide. Um, Lick you up and down. Just 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 where we were from. <laughs> there we go. See seamless. So again, right? We've we've all had the getting to know you bit yeah. all yeah, done yeah. out of the way. So, <laughs> you're basically describing the shittest swing of life. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> Three guys in a shed and one person phoning in. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> There's always someone on the on- wrong end of things, isn't there? Just rubbing my dick against your laptop. <laughs> it's just it's just weird. Um, <clears throat> and it makes your street it makes your screen all streaky. But it looks like it looks like a giant tree frog has been <laughs> climbing all over your laptop, just with that sort of sucker noise. You're just staying on that one person because you can't move on. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so who's going to go first? I don't know. I want to say that we have a, a guest slash fiction author tonight. Okay, so we've um, got five. We've got five in total. Um, his name's Dan. He does a great podcast called Adventure Authority. I've mentioned them before. Uh, they're really good, and his slash fiction <laughs> takes it to well another level. So okay, great. That's, that well. that's really good. Who wants to who wants to kick us off? Any any volunteers? I mean, I want to. No one wants to start. <laughs> no. this, okay, either. so shall, shall I throw my hat into the ring? Go for shall it. Shall I go for yeah. this? Okay. <clears throat> I'm just putting my beer down so I don't get a bit excited and froth all over the place. <laughs> So I, uh, the first time I, the first one I wrote ended up being about 1,500, <laughs> 1,500 words long. And then I sent some texts between us and I said, so wasn't there a time limit on this? And everyone went, yeah, about five minutes. So I was like, all oh, right, okay. So I, uh, I stayed a bit late at work tonight um, to finish writing uh, my, to know that. my five minute thing. So don't worry, I used the laptop, but I didn't save it. I did the only, I did the only other... <laughs> I did the only other thing that I could have done, which was to take a screenshot of the, <laughs> to take a, a photo of the Word document before I deleted everything forever. And set fire to your computer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, it's not it's not the longest thing ever because I, I like I said it was five minutes and I, I was quite strict with myself and you can actually tell that at the end. Um, this is my slash fic set in set in the Mass Effect universe. Um, with uh, with a male shepherd as the as the lead role. Good good to clarify that. <laughs> good to clarify. So yeah. shall I? <clears throat> shall I go? Okay, yeah. here we go. <clears throat> do we have to do this? <laughs> <laughs> We've gone too far now, Russ. This okay, is your so, idea. so I actually I I did this sort of character acting. I basically said if I was a twelve year old who really liked Mass Effect <laughs> and was having my first burgeoning feelings of love <laughs> for another man, how would I write this? Okay, mm-hmm. so. <clears throat> Commander Shepard was lying on his bunk in his cramped sleeping quarters when his alarm went off. Oh, it's time for my afternoon wank. (laughs) So he had one right then and there. (laughs) The detail he gave to this picture with words. This is already the best idea we've ever had. (laughs) He was so muscly and looked really handsome, even when, even when he was cranking one out. God, I wish he was my boyfriend because his arms are so strong and I get a bit tingly when I watch him. We could gamble in the fields behind my house and get a bit sweaty in the potting shed my dad claims is where he makes birdhouses, even though I've never seen him finish one. 
When Commander Shepard was finished cranking, he gave his armpits a spray with some Lynx Africa <laughs> and made his way down to the CIC. God, he smelled good. Really good. Like, so good you'd want to eat him if you ran into him in a dark alley. When he got down to the CIC, a crew member came up to him with the day's report. Don't worry, Commander. Every member of the crew has had their midday spank or fub rub, said a nervous crew member, while secretly thinking about what it would be like if Shepard was his boyfriend. But I would have said no, he's my boyfriend, and you keep your slutty hands off me, or I'll... Or I'll punch you in the fucking head if you even try and touch him. Seriously, I'll punch you right in the head. Thanks for the report, said Shepard, eyeing the crew member gently with his eyeballs. Eyeing the crew member gently with his eyeballs. But there's a problem. Oh, no. Said the crew member. Oh, go on. Two fem... Sorry, two... Oh, hang on, what was I right there? Two male crew members are having trouble finishing up their rubs in the break room. <laughs> Don't worry, said Shepard. I'm on it. Shepard was a total spunk and really hot. He walked down to the break room and found Jacob and Caden desperately trying to finish their rubs and decided to have sex on them both right there. <laughs> <laughs> With his penis. So, so, so he did because that's the kind of guy he is and it was great all of them said so <laughs> but if he, excellent feedback today chaps <laughs> but but if either of those two ever try and touch him again I'll properly get really mad and slap them both in the fucking heads because he's mine in a totally not gay way but is kind of gay. When Shepard was finished, he said thanks a lot to both of them and walked away with his bulging pecs and biceps all shiny and spunky and stuff. <laughs> it was really hot. Trust me, I'm being so serious, you guys. Anyway, that's the end because I've nearly run out of time on this second attempt, but all you need to take away from this is that Shepard is totally buff and studly and, and kind of gay and doesn't take shit from anyone. In fact, he could totally have sex on anyone and they'd love it. <laughs> well, that, that's the end. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. I really want to read the first attempt. So, yeah. It's 1,500 it's clearly words like of weirdness. That, but serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there we go. That's it. So as you can see, character acting a bit in there. <laughs> so so was the 12-year-old on his crew then? Is that is that what we should take away? No, it's, uh, no it, was, it was basically character acting like... Um, what if I was a twelve-year-old who like had been playing the games and was having my first burgeoning feelings of homosexuality? Okay, that—that's the sort of fan fiction mm -hmm. I imagine mm -hmm. would be written from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, so that's that. I'm quite dry in the throat now. That's a beautiful piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, dry in the throat, moist in the pants. There we go. <laughs> yeah. The I've got outcome. a really, I've got a really hot back now. <laughs> I, I am so sweaty. <clears throat> From yeah, we might, we might need to, we might we, to crack a window. I, we've got a window open, but I'm scared about your neighbours. <laughs> yeah. Hoping they're inside. Yeah. <laughs> Not just listening, going, go on. Go on, yeah. go and then, go on. Doing a sex on people. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I did enjoy the phrase, he was a total spunk. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> he is a total spunk. Yeah. I'm going to use that around the office. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, Jeff. You're a spunk. <laughs> You're a spunk. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
What was the eyeballs thing? Oh, oh. it was um, eyeing him gently with his eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Oh. <laughs> there were moments while writing it where I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally sitting here after work on my laptop doing this. But I, I did quite like... Um, I did quite like um, don't worry commander every member of the crew has had their midday spank or fub rub <laughs> fub rub fub rub is just, <coughs> just a, a funny word uh, while secretly thinking about what it would be like if Shepard was his boyfriend I like that yeah but yeah. I say no he's my boyfriend and you keep your slutty hands off him <laughs> I mean I'm I, I'm happy I feel warmed up now I can go next if people want go for it yeah if you want yeah, to go yeah, okay. here we go so I'm excited. This one's called My Name is Dave. Okay. Okay. Uh, it had been a hard day down at the market for Rodney, trying to offload those knockoff Armani <laughs> jumpers. <laughs> Rodney had had a day of constant rejection as we're in need of a quiet night at the pub. Rodney walks into the nag's head. I'll have a pint, please, Mike. Rodney counted the coins in his pocket. He didn't have enough. It had been a rough day. <laughs> he looks at the change then back at Mike's and like was a about, Mike Lee film so far <laughs> and was about to tell him he couldn't afford the drink when a figure cast a shadow over Rodney's hand pushing it down I'll get Dave's drinks said a sombre looking Trigger Trigger hands him a fiver and tells Mike to keep the change the two then take a seat you're right Dick you're right Dave Trigger said before taking Dick. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> it nearly went off piece there <laughs> you're right Dave Trigger said before taking a sip of his pint do you ever just want more trigger from life? Everything that you're just wasting everything that we just don't live in the moment enough, Rodney said, holding back the tears. <laughs> Sometimes, Dave, I think maybe go for the expensive broom, but I've invested so much in my old one already. Uh, Rodney looked puzzled, put his hand on his pint glass and started playing, playing around with it on the table. That's not really what I meant, Trig. I meant something that is within grasping distance, but you just can't have. I think I know what you mean, Dave. Trigger looked Rodney directly in the eye. This point, Rodney had had enough. Rodney! My name is Rodney! Without breaking eye contact, Trigger put his hand on Rodney's wrist and squeezed. Your name is whatever the fuck I say it is, Dave. <laughs> oh, God. Rodney had been floating in limbo his whole life with relationships, work, but finally someone had told him what to do. Finally someone had taken control and tightened the tightening in his pants suggested he liked it. As Trigger's fingers turned white as he put more pressure on Rodney's, Rodney's wrist, he moved his hand up his knee, caressing it as he moved, while still maintaining eye contact. Rodney didn't know what was happening. Eye contact is really important in this, isn't it? <laughs> Rodney didn't know what was happening, but for the rest of the evening, he was his alter ego, Dave. From there, the evening seemed like a whirlwind, and somehow they ended back in Rodney's room in Nelson Mandela Court. Uncle Albert was asleep and Dell was out. No one needs to know the secret tryst that was about to happen. Rodney ushered Trigger to his room and went to the bathroom. Is this really happening? Can it be real? Rodney left the bathroom, opened the door to his room, where he was greeted by Trigger, naked, except for his donkey jacket. <laughs> what do you think about my broom, Dave? Trigger moved towards Rodney, removing his jacket, leaving him naked as the day he was born. Moving around Rodney, he stood behind him. His hand moved under Rodney's coat, lowering it to the floor. Rodney could feel his hot breath on his neck as he whispered, I want to see your plonker, Dave. <laughs> Trigger unfastened Rodney's trousers and they fell on the ground. Next, the pants came down, leaving Rodney's engorged plonker to ping out. <laughs> ah, nice to meet the real Rodney, Trigger whispered as he licked his lips readily. 
Trigger threw Rodney on the bed, which then led to hours of lovemaking. <laughs> Just skipped over that. <laughs> it's all about the foreplay with you. The sun was coming up as the two embraced, naked. Trigger noticed that Rodney had fallen asleep on his chest. In his ear, he whispered, Good night, sweetheart. When Rodney awoke, <laughs> he was in the 1940s. Meta. Wow. wow shared is... universe yeah, yeah that's amazing that was disturbingly intense at the start <laughs> that was really intense that was brilliant <laughs> also right. can I just say excellent use of the phrase pinged out yeah <laughs> Rodney's plonker pinged out nice alliteration <laughs> brilliant oh yeah so I started off writing it yesterday like morning I need a went... shower <laughs> I was like I don't know I don't know I can't I don't think I can do this by yesterday evening like Sarah was coming it, it was just done. gushing got, out of you wasn't it just just five more minutes <laughs> it was like one of those montages where like people are pulling like the paper out typewriters as they were. but yeah has she read it no <laughs> <laughs> I think that's for the best yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant so you well, didn't ask her to proofread no <laughs> I thought I'd done a good enough job tea times on BBC 2 are never going to be the same again are they <laughs> <laughs> no, I really wanted to do something subversive, something that's not been done. And I might post this because I looked, and there is no Only Fools and Horses slash fiction. Plenty of fan fiction, but no slash fiction. I told you this was where we made our millions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I might I might put it up. When you I see what it happens. Where? Oh, on one of the many slash fiction sites. Can I just say that also, one of my favourite bits was like after the really intense build-up, yeah. it just suddenly went... And then after hours of lovemaking, <laughs> I, I, I realised I'd gone to I got to about five hundred and seventy five hundred sixty words at that point. So I'm like, so good. I'm so, so good. I was right with you. It was like yeah. watching Jack and Nori yeah. or CBB's bedtime. I, I, I wanted like... I wanted a big twist. So the bit where they're just talking like you know about their lives and everything, and then I wanted you know Trigger to just really take control and make it really Fifty Shadesy. That's mm. what I was going. Is for. this breakfast cereal? It basically is. Isn't it? <laughs> It, it, like, it comes in a bag like normal crispy chocky treat yeah. it do, doesn't advertise itself as a cereal What the what? fact that we put it in a bowl probably doesn't help <laughs> that is crying out for some ice cold milk I it? know I know while, while I'm here shall I do Dan from Adventure Authorities and that splits up everyone sure sure yep. see the moment to calm down <clears throat> I, he said I've got to try and do this in a vaguely Liverpudlian accent <laughs> so we'll see the how long the ultimate boner killer we'll see how long that lasts Thomas and James bump buffets. Oh, good grief. Oh, my God. Ah, it's Thomas the Tank Engine. It was a warm Thomas summer's evening engine. on the island of Sodor. As Thomas crested over Gordon's Hill, he watched the sun setting in the sky, coating the scattered clouds in a blood-red glow. What a beautiful sight, Thomas exclaimed. His chimney whistled and whooshed with glee. So, so taken in by the setting I'm sun... I'm going to drop that phrase into casual lovemaking from now on. So, so taken in by the sun, setting sun, Thomas didn't notice the stop sign and carried on trundling down the tracks. Almost there, Annie and Clarabel. Not long to go. As Thomas came round the final bend towards Knapford Station, he's done his research. He whistled in panic and his driver pulled hard on the brake, but it was too late. Thomas's friend James was stationary at the platform. <laughs> there was a loud crash and the passengers screamed as Thomas collided into James's big, red, shiny rear. <laughs> the steam was knocked out of James's tall, hard <laughs> chimney. The chimney tack as he was shunted violently off the tracks and onto his side Thomas felt his wheels leave the rails for a brief moment before his shiny blue body fell with a crash atop his friends I'm going to stop the accent sorry Dan <laughs> Thomas lost consciousness amid the wails and screams of frightened and injured passengers it had been a few months since Thomas had crashed okay space 
It had been a few months since Thomas had crashed into James, and after some repairs and services, Thomas and James were back on duty once more. Thomas had not spoken to James since the crash and was worried the red engine would no longer talk to him. Was no longer talking to him. Thomas could not get thoughts of the crash out of his head. At night, when the engines were in the yard about to rest the evening, he would replay the events of the crash over and over to himself. The sight of James's big red tender, heaped with coal, milliseconds before it was violently penetrated by Tom's big black buffers. The brief moment of freedom as for the, as for the first for the first I think time think bigblackbuffers.com is an actual site, isn't it? Probably, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> the brief moment of freedom as the first time in his life, Thomas's wheels became separated from the rails that always imposed his limits from where he could go. His robust blue metal frame crashing it on top of James's beautiful red body. The last sight Thomas could remember before he lost consciousness was James's turgid black chimney stack ejaculating thick white steam onto the tracks. Oh, <laughs> God. As Thomas thought back to the moment of the crash, he could feel his cylinders and pistons churn and pump within him with a new kind of excitement he had not experienced before. The next day, Thomas was working in the yard, pushing trucks back and forth. He was daydreaming to himself when one of the trucks told Thomas to watch what he was doing. Thomas' chimneys hissed and he shunted the truck as hard as he could. Ow, said the truck, not so hard. I'm only getting started, said Thomas. <laughs> Thomas's smoke box got hot and his boiler bubbled. Oh, Thomas, God. Thomas reversed a little way back down the track then came thundering back towards the truck. The thick, black, thick flat heads of his buffers impacted the small truck with force. An orgasmic explosion of black coal erupted from its body as it shattered into many pieces. <laughs> Thomas, dark. Thomas whistled and his bells buzzed, but it was not enough for the excitable blue engine. There's something missing. There's something missing, he puffed. Thomas heard the pip-pip of another engine. It was James. James stopped and stared at Thomas intently. Thomas blushed and looked about him nervously. Pip-pip, James's whistle went. When Thomas said nothing, James whistled it once more. Pip-pip, unsure of himself, Thomas whistled back. Pip-pip. Pip-pip, <laughs> James went and smiled. He winked at Thomas before slowly pulling away James's tender... Before slowly pulling away. James's tender bounced and wobbled behind him provocatively. Provocatively, it made the little blue locomotive's firebox red hot with desire. When James had got a few hundred yards down the track, he stopped. Pip pip. <coughs> then, after a moment, he paused to start and started moving again. Pip pip. Thomas replied. Then he started to follow the red engine. James thundered along the track with Thomas following after him. The two engines continued to gain speed. Thomas's boiler was bubbling over with excitement, and the sight of James's <laughs> thick black chimney stack ahead of him and the white plumes of steam. Uh, pumping out from it, from its top. Um, his Dan eyes, is visibly rigid by this point. His, <laughs> eyes, um, whew, his <laughs> eyes traced the hard lines of James's form, his thick gold dome and the sleek shiny red paintwork that James is always so proud of. The only thing more beautiful to Thomas than James's red engine would be the brutal erotic destruction of his beauty. Thomas wanted to penetrate James, violate him with his own body, and merge the two engines into one glorious heap of twisted metal and pistons. He followed James as he wished past Tidmouth Station, Great Waterton, Knapford, and Wordsworth Station. Thomas closed the distance behind the two. He whistled, then shunted James, a forceful but restrained chap from behind. James whistled back teasingly. Thomas puffed and pumped the big red engine once more, harder this time. James's rear end lifted from the tracks for a moment. James whistled a moan, you're a bad engine, Thomas. The tracks split between before them. Thomas shifted le left and rumbled alongside James. The two engines pipped and whistled in unison. I'm going to wreck you, James, Thomas said. <laughs> Fuck me up, James. Hang on. Fuck me up, James said. <laughs> the track Thomas was on curved away up the hill, and it didn't matter. They both knew where the track would end. T 
Thomas thundered down the hill and wished past the watermill to his final destination. In the distance, he could see a dark, red, dark tunnel under a bridge. A whistle echoed out of the darkness. Steady on, Thomas. There's another train coming the other way, his driver said. Thomas ignored him and charged forward, plunging into the dark tunnel. Annie and Clarivel shuddered and shook nervously behind him. The tracks rattled beneath his wheels. Chugga-chugga, 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 chugga-chugga. Both Thomas and James piped and whistled loudly as the two engines bared down on one another. The two engines collided head-on. Buffer met Buffer in a violent kiss of twisted metal. Their coupling locked together. The two of them joined as one in an unholy matrimony of sexual machine death. Thomas felt the oddly erotic sensation of his driver's body smashing against his firebox. The fleshy bag of meat and bone burst open, lubricated the interior of his cabin with his fluid. The two locomotives, oh two God, locomotives consonated into one another. Engine penetrated engine. Two became one. Moments before everything went black, Thomas said, I'm only getting started. Oh, God. Fuck a doodle, too. So what he's done is take Crash and put it in Thomas' tank engine. Well, oh, I'm wow. less worried about mine now. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah. how, do you, how do you go on from there? I mean, nothing's quite going to be the same. I, was, I think so. that was Dan from Venture Authority, which is a hilarious podcast, by the way. I want to stress that. So yeah. let's get him on at some point. Right, who's next then? That right, was, mine uh... is a wee bit longer. I tried to cut it down, but I needed... <laughs> I, I, I tried to judiciously edit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all gold. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't, back to your I answer. I Absolutely Rush nothing's coming finish. out of this. <laughs> Russ should really finish because it was his idea. But um, yeah. all right, This is mine... not something I want to be associated with. No, too late. Mine <laughs> is set in... Uh, the world of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Sonia, I hope you're listening to this. I know you love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, because I really love it, and um, I'm just glad to be watching it actually properly in sequence before. I just mainly watched it a bit whenever it was on E4. Um, right. Sorry, Events had taken uh, a turn to the worst-case scenario, but Captain Raymond Hall was not panicked or worried as he looked across the, uh, to the now vest-wearing black marbled Michelangelo sculptured muscular frame of Sergeant Terry <laughs> draped to hold back a wall from collapsing by using a tree as a prop. He saw a figure darting behind one of the large tropical bushes that made up the untouched paradise exhibition at the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens. <laughs> Captain, hurry, I can't hold this much longer, Jerry, uh, Terry Jeffers shouted, seemingly worried he would not be heard over the alarms. There was smoke in the air, but there, that was also mixed with the humidity that was required for the plants in the exhibition. <laughs> Captain Holt Sexy had already bits, removed his jacket intense and was carrying it as he detail. made his way, <laughs> made his way lively over to his sergeant. I've just heard from Peralta. Sergeant, it looks like we're going to be stuck in here. Holt stated, holding Sergeant Jeffords' gaze. Calvert Beamish is still at large and possibly still in here. Apparently, the delicious goat's cheese and nori thins were drugged. Boyle had one and became incredibly uninhibited around Detective Diaz. <laughs> she was relatively gentle to him, and Charles is already recovering. Therefore, we could be <laughs> similarly affected and therefore disadvantaged. Captain, get out of here. If Beamish is here, I'll deal with him. I can't let anything happen to you. It would break my heart, Terry replied, his muscles rippling under the strain of holding the wall <laughs> of the tree. Back, he was starting to feel relaxed, and as he did after the drugs he was given, as he did after the drugs he was given during that vasectomy episode. <laughs> 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 
Well, we have to assume that Beamish has a gun, one that has a greater range. The captain looks meaningfully at Jefford's strong like arms than your two guns, said Holt, without quite knowing how Terry was feeling. He himself was feeling relaxed, and his mind starting to become somewhat fuzzy. Suddenly Holt noticed Terry start to stare behind him, the sweat glistening off his smooth skin, just as somehow penetrating the hubbub of the distinct, uh, a distinct, the distinct click of a pistol being cocked, ready for action. A Sig Sauer P226, thought Holt. Holt looks at Jefford and could see that he was building up into a rage, one brought on by his deep desire and urge to protect his team. Good evening, Mr. Beamish, Holt said as he slowly turned around to look at a slight, small man dressed in black with a brown hair and a Caucasian look, suggesting more of a British <laughs> origins to him. It would be wise to put the gun down and let me escort you out. The place is surrounded, but in addition, I'm not sure how long my sergeant here can hold the wall from collapsing and his own temper from rushing forth and hitting you. Ha ha ha! You're a funny man, Captain, but you are <laughs> mighty out of here. Your sergeant tries anything it is you that he will be forced to watch to bleed out. So you are going to help me get out of here and let me slip away, Beamish drawled in a distinct Brooklyn, Brooklyn accent. Obviously, I can't oh, do a it? Brooklyn accent, so I do apologise. <laughs> he stepped forward steadily, the pistol not wavering at all. Very well, Sergeant, you heard him. Keep holding until he's passed. Holtz <clears throat> held Terry's gaze meaningfully. Beamish chuckled and nodded and gestured with a pistol for Holt to start moving. As he turned to start walking, Holt suddenly slipped out his thick truncheon. More of a de uh, more decorative than it was useful, but it was made of dark mahogany. <laughs> and was watching Terry. Terry groaned with the strain. Hurry, you idiot, I can't hold this much longer. But no, this. If you harm my captain, I will crush you. Beamish chuckled again. Terry let a stone fall out, which distracted Beamish long enough for Holt to spin round with an accurate throw of the truncheon, hitting Beamish squarely between the eyes as Terry, the very embodiment of Atlas, dived for Holt, throwing the tree and letting the wall fall down. The noise was deafening, and though Beamish uh, had let a shot go, it went wide as he was dazed by the truncheon and re reacted too slowly as the tree knocked him to the ground, knocking him out and trapping him as the wall fell down. Holt opened his eyes to find himself being shielded by the warm panther-like body of Sergeant Jeffords, who was panting deeply. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Once again, you saved my life. Holt said, reaching out to pat Terry, but it was turned more into a caress. Just doing my duty, sir. Glad you are safe. Terry rolled off and perched on some of the rubble. Holt got up and climbed above his sergeant to see, uh, to get a better perspective. Oh, hang on. Where are we? Terry, it oh, looks don't like stop we'll now. Here. I'm close. <laughs> Terry, it looks like you will be in here sometime. Holt stated, but it didn't seem he didn't seem bothered, and you could tell Terry wasn't worried. Sergeant, you seem tense. Your shoulders must be sore after. Holding that wall for so long. Take your top off and let me massage your shoulders. I insist. Holt well, finishes. Are we only just now getting to the good <laughs> bit? <laughs> yeah. Though some weekly, a massage did sound good and his shoulders were sore, but his captain. I got carried away, all right. <laughs> his captain was safe and that would. Yeah, I, think, would I think we're all getting carried that away. Does that does sound good, sir. Holt removed his jacket, shirt, and trousers and it suggested that the sergeant should do the same. Just because, you know, the night was cool outside and they needed to <laughs> make sure they could have Terry nodded sluggishly. This made sense. He removed his trousers but took his phone out. In case of cool, he mumbled. Soon, Holt was working away at Terry's tense but Adonis-like shoulders and arms. Mmm, that does feel good, sir. Where did you learn to do this? Terry asked, pleasantly surprised at Holt's soft but firm touch. 
I took many, uh, many a class in physiotherapy massage t techniques during my last placement. It looks good on uh, the CV uh, uh, to have other interests out of work, but could still be relevant to the workplace. It was fascinating. Holt replied, starting to lean forward and run his hands down Terry's torso. I want you to relax, Sergeant. <laughs> you have done so much for me. It is my turn to repay the favor. Well, that does sound good. That sound and feel good, sir, the sergeant said fuzzily. Neither of them really knew what was going on. Everything seemed to have become hazy like a warm dream, but Holt continued to slip his hands down Terry's warm, dark, silky skin, glistening and making his torso look like one of those Renaissance, one that Renaissance sculptors would have wept to have been able to work from. <laughs> Soon, Holt's body was pressed up against Jeffords' back, and uh, he said to the <laughs> then Tova, saying to the sergeant, I'm going to have to continue my work down your front. Terry just <laughs> Holt was rubbing down Jeffords' front and, and soon was working, rubbing his hands up Terry's shapely, thick, pillar-like legs. Sir, that feels real good, murmured Terry. Let me put something on for this, if that's okay. Terry reached out for his phone and put on End of the Road by Boys to Men. <laughs> now, this is relaxing, and Terry parted his legs. He didn't flinch and accepted it when Holt started to massage round his cock, and then was slowly working his penis out of his pants. <laughs> this is half the reason we wanted to do this. <laughs> I probably treat you, Sergeant, to really show my thanks. Holt said deeply, slightly slurred, but still distinct in his still distinct deadpan manner. Holt was taken aback by about the size. It it was truly as if the sergeant was some truly god incarnate. As it was more, his cock was more like a smooth tropical branch of deep ebony, warm wood. <laughs> He gently took it in his mouth and started working his head back and forth, showing his expertise in it, pleasing men, and oh, what a man to please, he thought hazily. He worked in time to the smooth tones and rhythm of voice to men. Though others would need two hands, he interchanged working the sergeant's shaft and balls with one hand, and with the other started to work himself. Then <laughs> <laughs> fell at large and all his wiry short hair. Holt ran a hand up Jeffords' abdomen and caressed his nipples. Terry groaned again. He couldn't help himself. Holt pulled Terry's python-like cock out of his mouth and started to <laughs> Sergeant, just like when this we were really out, out of your home office and we had pie, I want you to crumb me on. Uh, uh, I want you to crumb on me. <laughs> yes. Was <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing working up to that part? As appropriately, they came to the end of end of the road. Terry slumped drowsily onto the glass house damp floor. Holt used nearby moss and ferns to clean up. <laughs> As I finish off, yes, sir. Slurred sar his sergeant. Holt was soon in Sergeant Jeffords' big, strong, safe arms, and it wasn't long that, being the little spoon for once, he too. Loaded his reasonable-sized weapon all over the Brooklyn Botanic Gardens glass house floor. Whatever narcotic had been used was really starting to make moving hard. Managed some clothes on, cover Sergeant Jeffords up before he too slumped on the floor. And that's it. Fucking hell! That was so much build-up. The payoff was so worth it.
Some uh, yeah, some excellent character work there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really seemed like and then that's what happens in the episode. That'd be good. Uh, that that would have been a fuck of a cold open. Episode at one point. I mean, there is actually a bit more after that about when everyone walks in, but um, I decided to leave that out. It was a bit long. Always leave wanting more. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, I want to crumb on you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was crumbing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you might go to prison for that. So this has been unexpectedly brilliant, Russ. Well, get ready to break that run. No, I'm sure that's not true. <clears throat> okay. So this one is Toy Story Four colon the sexy one <laughs> immediately the best <laughs> Woody's body was contorted and stretched as sweat trickled down his cheek you know Ham this Bikram yoga is pretty good I feel better already what did I tell you said Ham it's taken years off me come on that's enough for today let's head back to the others hey wait what's that DVD under Andy's bed hmm Weapons of Ass Destruction 7, the final re-entry. <laughs> wow, Andy's tastes have really changed since he went to high school. You know, said Ham, this really takes me back. I still have fond memories of Weapons of Ass Destruction 2, Voyage of the Seaman. Their eyes locked. <laughs> Tentatively, Ham reached out and gripped Woody firmly by the ring. Pulling it, <laughs> pulling it till the cord was taut, he held it for a single moment and then let go. Woody smiled as his voice box rumbled. Reach for the sky, partner. It's pounding time. <laughs> Within moments, Woody was wearing ham like a glove. <laughs> they writhed across the floor, scattering marbles and tiddlywinks. Faster and faster, they ground together until ham couldn't hold himself back any longer. Wait, Woody, the slot. Do me in the slot like the grubby pig I am. <laughs> Woody slithered out and in one lithe movement was on Ham's back, pinning him to the floor and hovering his thready tip at the warm, inviting edge of Ham's tight pink money slot. Now! <laughs> Woody gave one almighty thrust and Ham's stopper burst open. A shower of loose change erupted out, spraying the wall with tinkling coppers. A wooga whispered Woody <laughs> and he patted him on the bum and strode off leaving the spent pig sprawled in a heap of his own sticky coinage <laughs> well that was nice thought Woody I could do with a second round though <laughs> where's Potato Head he's always going for a quick shuffle <laughs> Woody found Potato Head by the board games hey Potato Head he cooed quite sexily <laughs> I'm in need of a good stretching out care to oblige Oh, Woody, perfect timing. I've just got some new attachments in and I'd love to try them out before Mrs. Potato Head gets back. New attachments, asked Woody. You've you've always done perfectly well with just your regular hands and, you know, your nose attachment on occasion. Just you wait, said Potato Head. This is going to bang things up a notch. Up your notch, if you catch my breath. Hang on a sec. Potato Head reached behind the board games and pulled out a case. Check these out, he said, showing Woody. I just need to fit the batteries, and actually the juicer here needs full-on mains power. It's quite intense. Oh, you know, Spuddy, I'm not sure about this, said Woody. I think some of these are just power tools, and I'm pretty sure that thing with the rubber tentacles is banned by the Geneva Convention. <laughs> and look at Sketch. Etch-a-Sketch had crept up behind them and was twiddling his knobs furiously, scribbling a monochrome view of Woody and Potato Head as they examined the lewd attachments. Uh, don't worry about him, said Potato Head. He just likes to watch. And... <laughs> 
and draw pictures. Here, help me slot in this one. It's shaped like a horse's. Holy fuck, that thing's longer than my leg, said Woody. You're on your own, weirdo. If you had your way, I'd be split in two. Bye-bye. Woody scampered off, still tingling with residual horniness. As he rounded the corner of the bookcase, he bumped into Rex. Oh, Rex, am I glad to see you. I'll keep it simple. Potato Head was supposed to turn me inside out with pleasure, but things got weird and I had to bounce. Now all my stuffing's gone to my sheriff's deputy and I'm looking for some release. Fancy a quickie behind the Duplo box? Hey, you know me, chirped Rex. I may be hesitant and tremulous when it comes to dangerous situations, but when it's bone time, I am nothing but enthusiastic and morally flexible. (laughs) The two disappeared behind the Duplo box, followed by some vigorous shuffling sounds, a twanging noise and an exasperated sigh. A few moments later, Woody slunk back out from behind the box, straining to tuck his still turgid crank handle back into his <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, Rex. That was the least satisfying tug job I've experienced since I was in the Merchant Navy. I'm sorry, Woody. You know my little arms cramp up with repetitive oscillating actions. I've told you before, we need to try something else. And risk shredding my prong on those canines of yours again. Not a chance, pal. I need seven stitches to reattach my banjo string after the last noshing you tried. <laughs> Forget it. I'm just going to have to find somebody else to deal with this. Throbbing stonk on. You go finish yourself off if you're even capable of that, you tiny forearm freak. Jesus, no wonder you bellends are extinct. (laughs) Hey, that's uncalled for. Sorry, Rex, I'm a bit frustrated. (laughs) It's okay. And don't worry, I'll just use one of Potato Head's spare hands as an extender when Lil Rex needs to roar. Woody strode off, still burning with unreleased passion. God, he thought, what's a cowboy got to do to get a good ploughing around here? (laughs) Suddenly a shadow swept across him and in a blur of extending wings, Buzz landed in front of Woody. Hey there, partner, Buzz growled seductively. I hear you're looking to be taken to infinity and beyond. Ah, nice. Woody grinned. Buzz, are you a sight for sore eyes and an increasingly aching and swollen set of cotton testicles? (laughs) Get over here, you plastic stallion. Roger that, quipped Buzz. In fact, as a special treat, I think you can open my secret, secret compartment. (laughs) Oh, Buzz, said Woody, reaching down to the special compartment that was definitely not included in Buzz's instruction manual. (laughs) You do know how to treat this sheriff right. Woody flipped open the compartment, and with a hiss of pneumatics, Buzz's special antenna slid to attention. Oh, Buzz, it's glorious, breathed Woody as he sank to his knees. Look, it's even got a flashing LED. Just as Woody was getting busy his attention fully on the task in hand and on not dislocating his jaw, he felt a sharp rap on the top of his head. Woody looked up, eyes wide and guilty, mouth full. It was a shepherd's crook that had just clonked him on the head. He saw folded arms and a very disapproving looking pair of sheep. Oh, hi Bo Peep, you're home early. The end. (laughs) Nice. That was amazing. That was pretty awesome. My favourite bit was probably, it's no wonder your bellends are extinct. (laughs) The dinosaurs probably did go extinct because they were inefficient at wanking people off. Yeah, probably. It's a, it's a theory. Well, I don't think any of us should feel proud of ourselves. <laughs> no, but I kind of think we should do this every week. I I, I'm sorry, I had to mute because I know I was... Um, the little legs were going. <laughs> this, it was fantastic. This has worked surprisingly well. Well, I mean, it's ruined a few things that I like. Yeah. I just sent, <laughs> sent Sonia a message saying... You know you love Brooklyn Nine Nine and Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've learnt a little bit about each other tonight. A little bit about bodies. Yeah. A little, a little bit about, bit about desire. <laughs> yeah. 
A little about hormones. They're just bodies, guys. Relax. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Nothing to be squeamish or childish right. about. Well, should we pop our togs back on and cool off? <laughs> Let's do that. Honestly, yeah. I don't know where we go with that, apart from probably to end the podcast. <laughs> well, we're, we're about an hour and five minutes in, so that's That's about, pretty good. Yeah, well, it's probably less than that, but... Let's be honest, we've given them enough this week. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell you what, why don't you stick another level back on? You we'll do a quick le- outro and then we'll go. You want another level back I on? I do, I do. And I know that that means you have to unlock the iPad. Yeah, it does, yes. And considering what your hands are covered in, you probably don't want to touch <laughs> I your did love, iPad. I'm just going to go, whilst Dan's doing that, rah. I do love the fact that Mr. Potato Head is a massive deviant. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's a wrong one. And it's pretty accurate. Mm. There we go. I, nice. I didn't wasn't in the mood at the start, but I really am now. So good job, guys. Really good job. So you're gonna anyway, go get some only fools and horses up on iPlayer. <laughs> oh, shuffle yeah. one out. Oh, we originally had um, uh, Uncle Albert involved in it. Oh my! During God. the war. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do that during the war. <laughs> well, look. I don't know. I don't know really what's left to say beyond that, apart from we really hope you enjoyed that as much as <laughs> as much as we did. Um, I don't know if enjoyed is the right word. <laughs> if you want to, uh, <laughs> well, I, I think to be honest, we've got a website. It's not really the most populated thing, but we should stick all of that up. Although I'm going to have to type mine out. Yeah. We need to stick all of our stuff just, up just, on the website. We'll just put the picture of your screen grab. We'll, up put, there. we'll, we'll put a screenshot of my one up there. If you want to follow us on Instagram. It's at T-M-T-O-O-H. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at 2-M-T-O-O-H. If you want to go and see what we're up to on Facebook, go to www.facebook forward slash T-M-T-O-O-H. The website address where we'll stick all this is www.tmtooh.com. And don't forget to check out our sister pod, Theatrical Cut, which is Dan. Uh, Theatrical Cut pod on Instagram and Theatrical Cut on Twitter. And they're doing Ridley Scott this week. So very quickly, best Ridley Scott film ever made? Alien. Russ? You did Probably this Alien. last week. Did I? You no, I didn't. I did uh, the other one last week, didn't I? No, you did Ridley Scott last week. Oh, well. really? Okay, yeah. Well, you're wrong. It's displayed Runner anyway. But there we go. Cool. Anyway. Yep. We all find out why the dinosaurs went extinct. <laughs> so all that's left to say is Dan, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Russ, goodbye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Duncan, goodbye. Bye. And it's goodbye from me with an ashamed look on my Before face. Before we wrap up, we are definitely doing this again. <laughs> <to see you. laughs> my first one was going to be a Robin Hood Prince of Thieves based one. Oh, but... yeah, little, little tease for next time. Oh, all right, goodbye everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was fucking weird. (laughs) I want to go home, Dan.